You're listening to the Chancellor Pink Podcast on Chancellor Pink Radio. I wanted to do a podcast on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Because I'm a big sports fan, but I am two other things in relation to that. Uh, One is I'm a big homer. So as much as I'm a sports fan... I really only like my teams and I don't, I don't do like some people and have different teams and other sports that I like that I follow as well. Um, I know even my dad, when we moved to Wisconsin for four years, when I was a boy, he started to, to get into the Milwaukee Bucks and the Green Bay Packers a little bit. I mean, just try to like them to be a part of the area. Um, He's always been open-minded. He grew up where most of the sports teams locally, uh, when he was real young as a boy, they all sucked. So he got used to watching you know, bad teams and liking sports for sports and not needing to win. And that's the second thing about me is uh, I need to win. So I'm a homer. Uh, the only team that I ever liked for a while was the Portland Trailblazers because when I was in Wisconsin, uh, my dad gave me a book to read, which I don't remember the name of it now, but it was by Jim something or other, pretty good writer. And it was about their championship year when the Portland Trailblazers won it all with uh, Maurice Lucas and Bill Walton. And, you know, they had some real superstars. And so I got into, I got into the Portland Trailblazers because my dad gave me that book. And, I, and, and you know, there was no there was an NBA team at the time in Wisconsin where I lived. But I didn't like Wisconsin. I, was, I hated all their sports teams because I didn't like living there. And I didn't like the people there. They made fun of me for my dark hair and, and my nose and everything else. You know, uh, it, was, it was a rough four years up there. So I'll be damned if I was going to root for any one of their teams. And since uh, Portland, you know, far away, out west, <clears throat> it interested me. So when I came back to Pittsburgh uh, when I was 13, we moved back. I continued to still check out the Portland Trailblazers for a number of years, but they pretty quickly faded and pretty much sucked for most of the years after that, so I just lost interest. We don't have an NBA team in my hometown of Pittsburgh, uh, so there was an NBA basketball. So I'm just not an NBA fan, but I try to watch it. I've tried to watch it during the playoffs. I've tried to get into it, and I just can't. I can't because I don't have a team, and I can't make one up, and the Portland thing faded years ago. So I just don't have a team I care about. And I'll watch like when Dewan Blair, a, a pit basketball player, became professional and played with the San Antonio Spurs and the Dallas Mavericks. I watched I watched them sometimes in the regular season on the playoffs. So uh, when other local uh, basketball players get to the NBA, like TJ McConnell now just signed a big contract with the Indiana Pacers, uh, $35 million over four years. You know, he's a local kid. And he went out to Arizona, followed Sean. Uh, Miller, another local kid who was a pit basketball player, you know, host, host uh, was the coach of Arizona out there, and he took McConnell with him, got got him to come out there, and um, McConnell did well at Arizona. He's been in the NBA for five years or so now, and just signed a four-year deal, and now he's a multimillionaire. But anyway, so I, I, I look in on that, and I care a little bit, but the reality is I can't even get through a whole game. Can't even get through a whole game beginning to end because I don't have a team to root for. So that's number one for me. I have to have a team to root for, and they have to be from Pittsburgh. That's just it. I mean, they have to. Go. That's where I'm from. We're a good sports town. 
So we don't have an NBA team. I'm not an NBA fan. But the second thing is they got to win unless it's the Steelers. Uh, when the Pirates are winning, I love the Pirates. I used to follow them when I was a boy through the 80s when they stunk. Um, after they won their World Series in 79, uh, when we came back to Pittsburgh, I followed them all through the 80s when they stunk, and then they got good in the early 90s, and I followed them and had season tickets with my then fiancé and wife um, and everything. But those were the years of Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, Andy Vince Lake. And they just were tragic, sad. I mean, especially the third year, the way they lost to the Atlanta Braves, it was just heartbreaking, heartbreaking with the Francisco Cabrera hit in the bottom of the ninth, driving in Sid Bream, ex-pirate. <clears throat> Good throw to the plate by Bonds, just a little off the tag by Lavalier missed, and that was it. Uh, just a horrible, horrible, heartbreaking way to lose it, especially since we were up, I think, two to two to nothing or two to one going into that inning. I guess it was two to one, but anyway... Uh, and that was to go to the World Series, you know. Anyway, I got into them again in 2013 and 14 and 15 where we won uh, the wild card is all we could get. It couldn't even win the division. And, and only one year did we win the wild card game. And we, we hosted them all. But we lost two out of the three wild card games here at home. Lost two out of the three of them. So uh, they sucked ever since. They've sucked another six years. They had 20 years of losing from 93 to 2013 20 years of a losing record set a record with that and then they were good for three years and now they've been right back with the losing record again six years or so and they have like the fourth worst record in baseball this year so i don't watch any of their games i pay very minimal attention to them because i'm disgusted by the losing and i frankly lost interest uh, in them in the 90s and all ever since until they got good so I don't mind saying I'm a fair weather fan when it comes to that. Same with Pitt basketball. I love Pitt basketball, college basketball. But they were good for so many years that when they've fallen off now and they haven't been good, you know, maybe the last five or six years. Um, I, plus, they don't. I still would watch them. I, I love college basketball. It's probably my second favorite sport after professional football. But I, uh, they don't have the they, uh, ACC network, Comcast Cable here didn't pick it up. So I can't watch the pick games unless they're on ESPN or something. And they rarely are because they're not any good. So that has helped me fade away from them, too. Plus, Capel's overrated. His teams have not been any good. He lost all his players. Uh, I still like the guy, but I don't think he's a very good coach. And I don't have any hope that he's ever going to make pick good again. I don't. Especially not in the ACC where we can't get the players. We can't get the players in that conference in this area. It's just not uh, geographically attractive. To, to people that are in our area to come here. They're going to, and the people from the South and that area, they're going to stay down there and go to those schools in the ACC. Why are they going to come up to Pitt, you know, into an urban environment up here? They're just not going to do it. So I don't ever think we'll get good enough players, even with Capel recruiting. And it doesn't matter with him recruiting because he's not a good coach. He's not a good coach. I don't think. Watched him enough. He does not have a game plan. He He's too haphazard. He does not restrict and discipline his players enough on the court. He's very disciplinarian in their behavior and overall too much so. He doesn't like, they don't like him, they leave. That's why they all leave. But <laughs> but he's not, he does not um, have a game plan. Uh, and I liked Jamie Dixon a lot and then he lost it. It was time for him to go. I don't regret that at all. But Jamie Dixon had a game plan. He had a, he had a system. He had a system and he, he, he truly coached his players. And they did, they did very good under his system for the most part. Um, 
but he just lost his steam and needed to change up in the ACC and couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, Dixon. So it was, it was definitely time for him to go. But we, we have not found a coach that can make it happen in the ACC, and I don't know that we ever will. Uh, and, and I'm not a believer in Capel, and I'm not a believer in Pitt with Capel. Um, but I'm still intrigued because I love the sport. Um, Pitt football, again, Pitt, Pittsburgh University of Pittsburgh, my law school alma mater, local. But I just, they've sucked for years. They've been mediocre for years and years and years. And I don't like college football. Because I don't like they play in the, the Steelers Heinz Field, and even though it's wonderful for the players and, uh, and the media have said, oh, if you ever saw Pitt Stadium up there, it was a shithole, it was horrible. Well, I went to games up at Pitt Stadium, and it was a great atmosphere, and I don't really care that it was bleachers and crappy and all that. It was up on campus. You had to walk the hill, or you parked down below and walked up on in Oakland, uh, you know, Pennsylvania out here, where the university is located. I went to the field house up there, and now they have the Pete for the basketball team. It's wonderful. Look, you got to have college sports on campus, and I don't care all the media and anyone who says otherwise. I don't care how much how wonderful the facilities are at Heinz Field and how much better it is. It, it's it's way too big for Pitt. Uh, they don't draw. It's a big uh, open space, uh, and it's just not collegiate. It doesn't have that atmosphere. It's not exciting to go to a Pitt football game at Heinz Field. It's exciting to go to a Steelers football game at Heinz Field. It has been the whole time, but it's not exciting to go to a Pitt college game at Heinz Field. So I know that it can be exciting to go to a Pitt college game. I've been to them uh, when it was exciting, when it was on campus. I've been to them, a number of them, when they was in Heinz Field. It's not the same. So uh, I know the environments they create in Ohio State, you know, Penn State, and all, all the big Alabama, all the big college uh, football cities, areas. Uh, Pitt could be that. I don't agree with people that say, we'll never have that in Pitt. It's a pro town. That's not true. You know, I was around uh, during Danny Marino's years here. It was very exciting to go to Pitt football games, the Pitt environment, when you had a quarterback like Dan Marino, you know, at Pitt. It was very exciting. So nobody can tell me that uh, we can't have exciting Pitt college football again. Uh, it's really just, it's never going to happen at Heinz Field. I'm sorry, it's never going to happen at Heinz Field. I don't care how good they get. It'll never be exciting and electric at Heinz Field, college football. And um, I'll, I'll believe that till the day I die. Um, so I'm not a big college football fan in Pitt in Pittsburgh because my team Pitt has been mediocre at best for way longer. I mean, like 30 years. I mean, they haven't really, in my opinion, they haven't excited me or interested me in any serious way since the 80s. So, yeah, it's been maybe 40 years for Pitt football for me since I've been excited. Um, I don't like hockey. I'll watch the Penguins in the playoffs sometimes, but I don't like the sport. And the reason I don't like the sport is not because, you know, what a lot of people say. You got to watch it in person because on TV, you can't really follow the puck. But in person, you can just follow it and you get the whole perspective. No, look, I've been to hockey games. You know, it's a dumb sport. Why is it a dumb sport? Look, I think soccer is dumb, too. And soccer is a worldwide renowned sport. They love it. They get passionate. They have riots. People are killed in the stands. I'm not kidding, right? Because of soccer? Yeah, yeah. But it's a dumb sport. And they're both dumb sports because 
Well, different reasons, different reasons. Uh, both don't have enough scoring. And, and, and I don't think a sport that doesn't have enough payoff moments is, is edge of your seat thrilling. I don't feel that way. I think people that say that are just um, living in another realm of sportdom than me. I wouldn't knock them as people. I won't knock the sport per se. I'm just saying my idea of sports, it has to have moments like frequently throughout. Like even baseball to me, the people say it's slow. But each inning, there's a great defensive play you could have at any moment that you see and watch it and you can follow it and it's real. Not hockey, like what What happened? I don't know. I don't, this happened. What? What's that over there? You know, it doesn't matter how much you watch it. You miss it. You can't be quick enough to really absorb it. And people that think they know hockey and say, oh, I know what happened and all that. They're all, and you hear them, three different experts say, describe the same play a different way. Look, you can't see it. And here's the bottom line. It's a puck ricocheting off shit. As skilled as they are, way too much luck involved in, in, in hockey. So what I don't like about hockey is that too often the games are decided, especially in the playoffs where everything's on the line, by fluke chance, period, by, by the laws of physics, not by talent. It happens too often. Um, and you just have blown guffaws that decide games. Because there's not enough scoring, one mistake can mean a team gets to the finals that doesn't deserve to be there. And that's not true in any other sport. You have to have multiple mistakes. Even in baseball, if a pitcher throws one pitch, it gets hit over the fence. You have multiple chances to make up for it. And very rarely is an entire game decided by one pitch or one fuck up. Um, very, very rarely. I mean, it, it can matter in a game, sure. But hockey, when there's no goals hardly, one little fuck up can decide the whole game and one game can decide an entire series in the playoffs. And, uh, and also too many teams get in the playoffs in hockey and the regular season, I don't care what anyone says is completely meaningless in hockey. It is completely meaningless. And, uh, it is, that's not true in football or baseball, um, or college hoops, even in the NCAA tournament, even in the NCAA tournament where they let way too many teams in now, the regular season matters and seeding matters. I don't care what anyone says, where you were seated in the college tournament matters. It matters a lot. And who you're matched up with matters a lot. Matchups are everything uh, in terms of whether or not you can win. You know, who you match up with, how you match up with. Who do they give you a hot team? Do they give you a team that's overseeded, you know, a little team that they're patting on the back and they're sticking them up there, you know, or do they give you a really good team that just had a few bad losses and is in a big conference and you get screwed and you even though you're a two or three seed in the tournament, you gotta face this really good team who was underseeded, you know, because they happen to come from a really good conference, you know, and they have lots of talent and they're clicking and you know, and they're bad matchup. So there's matchups matter, but the regular season matters too for your seeding. And they and they just take it seriously. And I think that the NCAA basketball tournament is the best thing going in sports. And people say the NHL hockey playoffs are the best thing in sports. That's a joke. That's a joke. Because first of all, there's way too many shit teams that get in. Way too many shit teams win. And it's not exciting because it's not some upset. It's really just like, wow, a whole seven-game series and this shit team beat this really good team. Something's wrong with that sport. I'm sorry. It's not a good sport. If a team that went all year long and finished eighth 
you know, in the conference is able to beat a team that went all year long and finished first or second in the conference. And, and, and the fact that over a seven game series, that shit team can win. Then that tells you right there, something's wrong with that sport. It's one thing, like in the NCAA tournament, where a shit team can meet, hit a miracle shot, play a really above their heads one game and beat a good team. That's exciting. One game, one shot, they pull it out of their ass. That's exciting. And that, and that, but they're not going to do it game after game. And they, they, you've never had one of these underdogs, one of these lower seeds win the, the whole damn thing. You know, at the end of the day, you still have to be a good team to get through the NCAA tournament. Where hockey... Uh, you know, you almost have Montreal, a really shit team, win it all this year. It was ridiculous. It was insulting. It was pathetic. And um, it's not fun, and it's not okay when that happens. And, and so people say that hockey is the best playoff in sports. It's just, right. They're the same people that say hockey is the best game in sports. They're the same people that think sitting there watching a puck slide up and down a toilet by chance happens to ricochet into a net, that that's a great sport, you know. They think they're watching, oh, they're the best athletes in sports. I mean, you know, maybe they stuck a stick out and ricocheted in. Hey, you know, someone takes a shot and someone, he deflected it in with his ass. He stuck his ass in the way and the puck bounced off his colon and went through the, you know, come on. That's not a good sport, you know. <laughs> Scoring goes, the number one star of the game is Lemieux's colon. I mean, it's just not a good sport, you know. But anyway. All this is really too long. Uh, and and it, let me just get down to what I'm talking about here. The Steelers. What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, they can lose. They can win. I don't care. Meanwhile, they, they win a lot. So I have to probably, it's true that I'm so fair weather that the reason I'm a, a huge Steelers fan regardless is because they win so damn much that it's easy. It's easy to be a fan. They're always relevant. They're always good. Um, but also they've had a lot of bad years. Look, I was a big fan through the 80s when they sucked with Chuck Knoll's final years up until they hired Bill Cowher. And the Steelers sucked, and I was a fan. I was a big fan. And uh, But they were really good through most of Cowher's years, true enough. And they've been really good for, through most of Tomlin's years. In fact, he's never had a losing record. So I, I, I submit it's pretty – that's probably a big factor. I have to – if I was really honest looking in a mirror, probably the reason the Steelers are still my number one team is because they're the most winningest team. They really are. They're, 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 over the long haul, there's not a local team that's done better than the Steelers. There really isn't. So um, so number one, I got I got to – it's got to be local. Number two, they got to win usually unless it's the Steelers. But with the Steelers uh, – the local media, man, they drive me crazy. Why? Because it is such a popular sport that they take on the fans. The media is constantly bashing the Steelers as a way to bash the fans. Because, you know, fans, by definition, are fanatical. By definition, that means they are positively fanatical most of the time. Now, with the Pirates being so awful for so long and having such terrible ownership, it's the opposite phenomena. You have most fans, in quotes, for, for the Pirates, always whining, always complaining, nothing can go right, just same old Pirates, you know, nutting the owner is a loser, why doesn't he sell the team, you know. But with the Steelers being so good for so long, they have a lot of positive energy. They have a lot of optimism every year, the fans believe. Um, but unlike the Cleveland Browns, where their fans in Cleveland only about two hours away from here, uh, constantly have optimism, but constantly suck 
anyway. And here they go again. They beat us in the playoffs last year. And uh, Cleveland and all the national media is jumping on the bandwagon, and they're going to win it all, and they're better than the Steelers now, apparently. Even though the Steelers kicked the living shit out of the Browns in the one game they played against them at home when both teams were at full strength. And then the last game of the year in Cleveland, when Cleveland had to win that game or they weren't getting in the playoffs. And the Steelers, the terrible by that point, oh, so terrible, 12 and 3. 12 and 3. Oh, but they stink. They stink. You know, Ben stinks, according to the national media. You know, the Steelers are so awful. They didn't need that game at all. So they rested like five of their superstars, including Ben Roethlisberger, TJ Watt, you know, Cam Hayward. They all rested. And <laughs> we almost beat them. I mean, Mason Rudolph, who everybody makes fun of in the national media, and people take him down. He was driving us down. We were inside the 20-yard line for the go-ahead and winning touchdown. <clears throat> and uh, we, didn't, we didn't get it in. But uh, it was a really good performance by mostly backups on the Steelers. And um, Cleveland barely eked out a win to get into the playoffs against us. So those are the two regular season games. The Steelers kicked their ass. I think it was 38-17 or something. And then uh, they barely beat us. I don't remember the score, but it was within a touchdown. And uh, and yet, and then they come into the playoff game. Very first snap of the game goes over Ben's head, rolls into the end zone. They fall. Cleveland falls on a touchdown. Ben proceeds to throw three interceptions in the first half. It's 28-0 in the first quarter, the end of the first quarter. We kicked the living shit out of Cleveland from that point on, but it's too late. You can't, you know, you can't uh, rely on that. That's true enough. The game was over 28 to nothing. Ben did throw for 500 yards, but he's finished. He's washed up. He stinks, according to, you know, everybody, because he threw those three interceptions. He threw four in the game, but three threw when it mattered. And um, because of that and because the snap went over his head by a center who has since retired, Marquise Pouncey. That's all Ben's fault. Ben's finished. He's washed up. Whatever. Look, it was a very, very disheartening, disappointing performance. No question about it. But we beat ourselves that day. And from that point on, we beat Cleveland, and we're the better team, and we are the better team. And we're going to prove that this year. Save this podcast. You can throw it in my face if I'm wrong. But I believe that the optimism of Cleveland, the reason I'm saying all this, is the optimism every year of Cleveland is completely unjustified. It's Looney Tunes. It's delusional. So the optimism of the fans here in Pittsburgh every year about the Steelers is completely justified. They haven't had a losing season in all of uh, Tomlin's tenure, and they've been relevant in, in, playoff, in playoff contention ever since Bill Cowher became the head coach in 1992. Think about that. Not only did they win four Super Bowls under Chuck Knoll in the 70s, okay, they had a bad time in the 80s for the most part, but ever since then, we're talking about 30 fucking years under Cowher and Tomlin. They've, they've won two Super Bowls in that time, appeared in two others, and were very relevant, hosted multiple championship games. Tomlin hosted three out of four years. He hosted the Steelers with under, not Tomlin, under, under Cowher. Hosted championship games. Now, we only won one of them, <laughs> went to the Super Bowl one of those years. But the point is, think about that, how exciting that is. And Tomlin's been to two Super Bowls, and we've been to championship games beyond that. And you look, if it wasn't for Tom Brady and the dominant crush everybody in all of the NFL New England Patriots, who knows what the Steelers might have accomplished, you know, under Tomlin in recent years. 
and under with Ben Roethlisberger. But the bottom line is, you know, they got two Super Bowls with Ben, got to a third against Green Bay, and everybody anointed the Packers after they beat us in a very close, well-fought game, by the way. The Packers won that Super Bowl. Everybody said Green Bay's a dynasty. Aaron Rodgers, guess what? Haven't won another, haven't even gotten back to the Super Bowl, the Packers. Neither of the Steelers since that game. But you'd have thought at the end of that game that Ben was finished, a washed-up, rapist loser, and Aaron Rodgers was just going to win 15 Super Bowls. And neither team has been back since that game. And it was a very close game. That Frankly, the Steelers were on the verge of winning if it wasn't for, yeah, a Richard Mendenhall fumble. That was really, we were dominating. We were taking over that game. Then he opened up the fourth quarter. We had good field position. We were moving the ball. He fumbled the ball. Green Bay got it. Rodgers took him in. That was like ball game right there. But, but the point is, the Steelers have been good and relevant for a long time. Motherfucking time. 30 fucking years. So our fans are allowed to be excited. They're allowed to be optimistic. It makes sense. It's logical. They still have Ben, who is a Hall of Fame quarterback. First ballot. No question about it. Yet don't talk to the local media. Don't talk to, I mean, national media rather about this because they all think maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Ben isn't really good. They haven't been paying attention. See, you have to watch Ben Roethlisberger play in person and really care. Not be a, you know... A man-hating misandrist because those people hate Ben ever since a couple drunken, slutty girls accused him of something. Look, I'm not saying he was a good guy back then. He wasn't. But he didn't commit any sex crimes. If he had, he'd have been charged with them. He wasn't charged. He didn't get away with shit. Believe me. They went after him, and they couldn't get him because there wasn't any evidence. And the women had bad character, too. They did. He was not accused of anything the way that you see, like, Governor Cuomo being accused of right now in New York, for example, or ex-President Trump and the women that the multiple women that are credible who accused him of horrible things that somehow he skated through on. Um, You didn't see anything like that with Ben. Okay, so this talk about him being a rapist and these bashing and and the hostility of the national media and a lot of women and a lot of, you know, cock blocking men and men who just bend over backwards to please women. They all hate him. They've all gone down the tubes because the guy's married now. He's been clean as a whistle. He's been a wonderful family man for 10 years now or something. Longer than that, maybe. It's stupid. Let it go. Let it go. And, and then, oh, by the way, the guy's a great quarterback. He's one of the best of all time. And if you are, are watching him here in Pittsburgh game after game and you're not prejudiced against him because you don't hate men and think that every woman that's, you know, wants to destroy someone's life is always right and telling the truth, even though she doesn't have anything else going for her, including factually, um, then you know he's great. If you're watching Ben Roethlisberger play football with an open mind who loves and you love football, you're like, man, this guy's fucking good. But instead, you just hear that about Mahomes and all these other people that come along. Now, all of a sudden, Josh Allen or whatever from the Buffalo Bills, he's suddenly great. He had a really good year last year. You know who he looked like? He looked like Ben Roethlisberger 15 years ago. That's all. He had a really good year the way Ben did 15 years ago. Um, but And the way Ben did seven years ago, you know? I mean, but nobody was saying Ben was the greatest in the one. He wasn't ranked the second quarterback in the NFL the way Allen is now. Why? I don't know why. I don't know why. But maybe Buffalo... Is a higher profile town than Pittsburgh. People hate the Steelers, man. That's why. 
And my point of this podcast is that's the reality of being a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And it's true. It's not delusional. It's not homey, being a homer. The national media hates the Steelers. They hate Ben Roethlisberger. They hate the Steelers. And why? Ask yourself why. Why would they? Why would they? That's not true. You must be making that up. Why would they hate the Steelers? And the answer is because they win all the time. And because of Steeler Nation. It's really Steelers Nation, right? Because they are the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not the Pittsburgh Steeler. So it should be Steelers Nation. But everybody says Steeler Nation. Anyway. Steelers Nation is everywhere. And there are certain cities where it's gigantically huge. Like when they go play in San Diego. I don't know if it'll be this way when they play the Chargers in L.A. I think they play them there this year. But any time they played them in San Diego, literally half the stadium was Steelers fans. Even when they play them in Dallas, like a third of the stadium is Steelers fans in Dallas. I mean, they have so many people. They go down to Miami, they get tons of fans. There's certain areas of the country where retired people go, the warm weather areas, and they're just loaded with Steelers fans. And also, something happened back in the day when they won those four Super Bowls. And people in other areas of the country that don't have, that don't have NFL teams, they became rabid Steelers fans. And they passed it on to their children. It's lived through the generations. And a lot of it, too, is because of the colors. They're cool colors for football, black and gold. I mean, I think the Raiders are the coolest. Their logo, their, their uniforms, their colors, personally. Uh, uh, but they just they never won. They won a lot in the 70s. But they never, with Kenny Stabler and everything. But they didn't, I just, I guess they just didn't, they didn't get good enough. And, you know, what was that crazy guy's owners out there? What was his name? I'm forgetting his name right now. But the, the, the Oakland Raiders owner, he was just too much of a lunatic. And they never could really stay good because you know, he was doing all these erratic things that some of those owners do, you know, like the Cowboys owner and all that. Um, so so they never quite built up the reputation they should have or the, the record, the wins that they should have consistently. Otherwise, I would think their uniforms, man, and their look would be really popular internationally for football. But the Steelers instead, they're the one. They are... More so than Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are a team in America that people buy the uniform. Green Bay Packers are very popular. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Those are the three biggest. Now, the Patriots, that's another story. They just came into their own in the last 20 years. You know, The reality, though, if you're going to talk about the NFL, it's the Steelers, number one. Dallas and then uh, the Packers. And then you know the Patriots, uh, they're winners. They're champions. San Francisco 49ers, big, big franchise too out there. But the Patriots are big winners, big champions. But uh, I'm talking about the uniforms, the, the fan base. It's very localized with the Patriots. They're really strongly supported in a kind of blindly faithful way there in Boston. And pretty much everybody's hated the Patriots and Tom Brady and especially that coach, Bill Belichick, for, for 20 years. We've all hated Bill Belichick. Who can't hate him? And the People defended Brady with his smile with that inflate, inflate gate or whatever. But that's deflate gate, whatever. That that was crappy. He's a dishonest charlatan. And he's a cheesy guy who cheated when he didn't have to to win, just like Bonds with his steroids. You know, I like Bonds, but, I mean, he didn't have to. He won two MVPs here in Pittsburgh. Skinny. He won two MVPs in Pittsburgh. No one even remembers that. They remember the big bulky Bonds who hit 72 home runs on steroids for the – Giants 
him, but they don't remember how great he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he wasn't on anything. He was on great talent. He was on I'm the son of Bobby Bonds. He was on his genetics. And he was amazing. And he won two MVPs. MVPs. National League MVPs. Pre-steroids. So that guy didn't need to cheat. Why did he? It was crazy. It was stupid. Well, I don't know how stupid it was. I think I still think Bonds will get in the Hall of Fame. And I still think holding the home run all-time lead with 72. I don't think anyone will ever top it. I think it's pretty cool. You know, I don't know if I, you know, look, I'm not a cheater and I'm all about honesty and being upfront and straightforward and I'm not into modifying your body. But, but if you told me, look, you will hold the all time home run record until you die. If you just pump yourself with these drugs, would I do it? I don't know. That's pretty exciting. You know, no one else in my sport ever hit as many home runs as me and I can, I'm going to die with that record. But sure, I cheated, but I mean, I had the record and it's real. And they might put an asterisk next to it, but it happened. And I get to die knowing nobody hit more home runs than me. I don't know. I don't know, man. <clears throat> it's, it, I don't think I'd do it because I don't, I don't believe in cheating. And I, I would think of that as cheating. It is cheating. But, hey, is he still did it. And when you were there watching Bonds and that swing, what a sweet swing. What a sweet, quick swing. And he just rocketed it out of there. He was a hell of an athlete. Those steroids, all they did was give them a little bit more quickness, a little bit more strength, a little bit more pop. But shit, they were putting corks in bats, you know. Pitchers now are using the spider tack or whatever, and they cheating is used in Astros a couple of years ago with their drums and beating, stealing signs. Look, cheating is, is a problem, so let's not crucify Bonds too much. Sure, he cheated, but he still was a fucking amazing player. Amazing player. And... um not the best guy, not the best guy, but not a terrible guy. Come on. I mean, he was moody, he was arrogant, but he wasn't that awful, I don't think. Um, but the Steelers have always been good, and the fans deserve to be positive, and yet they're constantly attacked by local media. The local sports media in this time, in this town, likes to mock Steelers fans, and they're doing it again. We're coming into this season where they, they definitely fell off at the end of last year. And it was mostly Ben Roethlisberger and the defense, too. The defense had some injuries. They lost some key players, and then they started to, to, to give up more yardage. But they still finished as the third-ranked defense in the NFL. They were still uh, number six in points and number one in yards. I think three overall, or maybe they were three in yards. But they were number one in turnovers. And uh, number one in sacks, or maybe they finished second in turnovers. But anyway, I, I don't have the stats pulled up, but they were, for a long amount of time on last year, they were number one in points, number one in yards, number one in turnovers, and number one in sacks. All usually important. They finished first in sacks. I don't think they finished first in any other categories, but they were up very high. And overall, I think I ranked them behind only the Rams, maybe only the Rams, and maybe New Orleans, when I looked at all the stats. So they still had a really good defense, but they fell off a little bit because they lost Bud Dupree to an injury. They lost Devin Bush to an injury. They lost Tyson Alualu to an injury. They, they didn't have uh, uh, one of the cornerbacks in one of the final games. Uh, uh, so they, they, they had some issues uh, at the end there defensively because they lost some players. But on offense, it really came down to they couldn't run the football. And, and Ben started to play less good. It was that simple. More predictable. It wasn't so much his physical ability at all. It was just the play calling 
and then the execution just fell away. But they also dropped a lot of passes. And if you look at the season, Ben Ben's last two games, his last game was against the Indianapolis Colts. He had a really good game, and they won. And the Colts were a very good team, and we beat them. And he had a really good game on the whole. So, yeah, the prior five or six games, or five games, I think it was, he wasn't very good. He tailed off, and he, for about five games in a row there, wasn't very good. But then he got it together and was really good against the Colts, and we won. So they gave him the next game off against Cleveland, and then they brought him into that Cleveland playoff game. And then he wasn't good again in the first quarter. And then he was great the rest of the game. But nobody cares about that because we lost. And it was 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. But the reality uh, of the matter is if you could erase that first quarter, Ben was great in that playoff game. And he was great in the game he played right before that playoff game against Indianapolis. So, yeah. And, and by the way, he was great in his first nine games. He was great in nine games in a row last year. So the, the point is, who is Ben going to be this year? I don't know. But they need they got a new offensive coordinator. They're, they got a new great running back in Najee Harris number one draft pick, and he looks really good. They, they refurbished the offensive line, and three old guys that were retired are gone, and they weren't very good last year. So there's a real chance the offense is going to improve this year. Nobody's saying that. Nobody's believing that. I, I, I don't think a new offensive line means bad things. I think it means better things because they got young and talented people. Can they perform together? We'll see. they got a new offensive line coach too, Adrian Clem. They've got... They've got the same receivers coming back, and they're good. They drop some balls, but they're very good. they got a new tight end, second-round pick, Fryermuth. He looks good. Gentry, who was like a fifth-round pick from Michigan, he looks good in training camp now. So we got some tight end stuff. we got Ebron. They're good tight ends, good wide receivers, really good running back, and Najee Harris, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. So I don't understand, and a defense that was ranked third last year, bringing pretty much everyone back. They lost Bud Dupree, but we got a guy named Alex Highsmith, who was – who was the third-round pick just last year. Uh, he's looking pretty good. And we pick up Melvin Ingram, pretty good player for, for a number of years here. We got some pass rushers. You know, I don't think you have to worry about our linebacking crew other than maybe Devin Bush coming back on the inside after a knee surgery. We traded all the way up to the 10th pick to get him a couple years ago. And frankly, I don't know. I don't know. If he was good enough before he was injured, I don't know. You know, and now after the knee surgery, will he be good enough? I don't know. So inside linebacker, it, the Steelers could once again be vulnerable to the pass uh, with tight ends and running backs out of the backfield because of our inside coverage by linebackers, because of our zone defense coverage. However, that's true about every team in the NFL. You know, I think we have the cornerback play still. I do. And we definitely have the pass rush and the defensive line. So, look, the defense is going to be good. We have an exciting new punter with this Clarence Weathers III or whatever his name is. Clarence Jr. Williams III from Georgia Tech. Looks like he he, he kind of looks like uh, Reggie Roby. Remember Reggie Roby? He was a punter, right? I think for the Dolphins. But, um, yeah, I don't remember his name at all. But anyway, he's our seventh-round pick. Georgia Tech punter, he's going he's gonna to win the job, and he looks great. We have a very good kicker in Boswell. Our special teams coverage units are always good uh, under, under this guy. We got our coach. I forget his name. And our return guy last year for a brief, Ray Ray McLeod, for a brief period, was quite good. Uh, 
and then he started to tail off. I don't know. We'll see if we can get a return guy who's any good. But point is, our special teams are solid. The defense is really good. The offense has playmakers everywhere, including a quarterback, where it kind of matters. The question is the offensive line. It's questionable, but we'll see. I don't see any reason why people think we aren't going to be a winning team, not just an okay team. I think there are enough players and playmakers, and you got Tomlin, a good coach, that they're going to win. They're going to win. They're going to win more than they lose. I, that, I, just, I would swear everything on that. They're going to win more games than they lose. Will they, will they beat Cleveland and Baltimore, win the division? It's a tough division, man, even Cincinnati. I actually think, I actually think, I'll say it here on my podcast, the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, they had some defensive players. They started to falter. They, I believe in their defense more, you know, and their offense, man, they have receivers, and they've got Joe Burrow quarterback now. Uh, the question was their offensive line, but they've, they've stacked it up lately. They've made some moves. They've signed some people. They've made some draft picks. It could click for them. I would not at all be surprised if the, at the, by the end of the year, if the biggest challenge to the Steelers in the AFC North isn't the Cincinnati Bengals. In fact, I'm going to predict, look, Baltimore is a winning team like the Steelers. You know, I'm not a big believer in Jackson at quarterback, but I'm, I'm a believer in Harbaugh, Harbaugh at head coach, and I'm a big believer in the Baltimore system. And their defense finds a way every year, just like the Steelers. So Baltimore's going to be in it. I, I honestly believe Cleveland has enough talent to hang around 500, but I think that's all they're going to be. And I think Cleveland's going to finish last in the division. And coming into this year, I think it's going to be either Cincinnati or Pittsburgh that wins the division. That's what I believe. I might be crazy, but that's what I believe. And I believe Baltimore's going to be good and going to get in the playoffs. I think, this, I think the division is going to have three playoff teams, and I think it's going to be Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Baltimore. And I think Cleveland's going to miss the playoffs. That's what I predict. And I predict it because I don't think Baker Mayfield's very good. I think that he is sporadic. And I think that he makes too many mistakes, and he's going to again this year. And I don't think he's accurate enough in his passing. And I, I, I don't think that he can put a team on his back and win a game. I know Ben can. And I think Joe Burrow can. We'll see. But I think he can. I don't think Jackson can. And I don't think uh, Baker Mayfield can. So I, I, I don't think – I think the only two teams in our division who have – only, there's only one guy I really believe can put a team on his back and win a, fo- a football game. Not a whole season, but a game that matters. And that's Ben Roethlisberger. And anybody in the nation, or especially this city – who doesn't believe that still about that man, they should just fucking turn in their credentials and retire right now as a fan, as a reporter. If you don't believe that Ben Roethlisberger to this day, right now in this season coming up, still has the ability to put this team on his back and win a game when necessary, then you haven't been paying attention and you're ignorant about sports or about NFL football anyway. He still has it in him to do that. He tried to do it in the playoff game last year. He almost did it. He almost overcame his own incompetence in the first quarter and the incompetence of Marquise Pouncey snapping the ball over his head and the incompetence of the defense, by the way, in that first quarter. They stunk. They got pushed all over the field. Okay? He almost single-handedly overcame all that incompetence, including his own, and won that game for Pittsburgh last year against Cleveland. No one wants to remember that reality, but it's a reality. And he can do that. 
And it wouldn't have shocked me if he did it. Everybody thought that game was over. I thought it was over. But if we had somehow overcome that 28 to nothing score and won that game, I would have said, that's Ben. Still, to this day, he can do that. He was great in games last year. Not every game, but there were a handful, not just one or two. There were a handful of games last year where he was fucking great still. So can he be great enough for a 17-game schedule to not just get the Steelers into the playoffs, but can he be great in the playoffs again? Can he put a team on his back and win when he has to, either to get into the playoffs or especially in the playoffs? Can he still do that? I don't know. I don't know, but I believe he has it in him. I would never count him out from that. Do I think he can do it? Yes. So when I say I don't know, I'm wrong. I take that back. Yes. Can he still do that? Yes. Certainly. Will he still do it? I don't know. That's why they play the game. I look forward to the season because I don't know if he's going to do it. But how, yes, I believe Ben Roethlisberger still has the ability in a given situation, in a given game that matters a lot, even in the playoffs, maybe the Super Bowl, to put the Steelers on his back and win the game. And even if he doesn't do that in very many games this year, then he'll do it in one or two for sure. But if he doesn't do it very often, I believe in the Steelers' defense and their special teams and their newly acquired drafted running back, Najee Harris from Alabama, Alabama. I believe they're going to be a very competitive team. And I predict they're going to win this division. And I, like I said, I think it'll be Cincinnati and Baltimore fighting for first. And I think Cleveland will be bringing up the rear. That's my assessment of the talent and the teams. And look, the Steelers might, it might reverse because they're all so good. It's going to be a good division. It could be that the Steelers fall down because of injury. All it takes is one injury. I remember two years ago, I was predicting the same thing. So a great season coming. And I had a dickhead ex-friend of mine who was mocking me on Twitter because he hates football and doesn't care. And he's all pro-women and thinks Roethlisberger is a rapist and all that shit. And um, I was all rah-rah. And then by the second game, halfway through it, Ben got injured and was done. We got our ass kicked against New England the first game. Which, by the way, Ben's arm was still fucked up during that game. You know, it it didn't just suddenly pop in the Seattle game the next week. It actually was bothering him in the New England game. So we stunk, got got our asses kicked. No surprise, New England in New England. But so he's out, and you know, and my my ex friend was all like mocking me in my prediction that they were going to win the Super Bowl that year. But guess what? The team went eight and five. And it took them collapsing in the last three games with with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges acting as quarterback for them not to make the playoffs. So you tell me if Ben Roethlisberger had stayed healthy and had been even as good as he was last year with that team, what would they have finished? They finished 8-8 without him. So uh, I don't think I was all that far off in my prediction is my point. And I am not this year either. So... <clears throat> Although I, I look, I'm saying all this, but I want to also say say this one final thing, and I'll wrap this up. At the end of last year, I was ready for them to let Tomlin go and let Ben go because I get tired of believing and being disappointed, and believing and being disappointed. And Tomlin hasn't won shit in the playoffs in three straight years now. He either hasn't gotten there or got there and sucked dick for far too long now, and it's put up or shut up time. And certainly Ben. Uh, was awful in the first quarter of that game when it really mattered in the playoffs. And that was very shocking and very disappointing. 
And it makes you think, is he done? I don't know. I don't believe he is. I think he still has it in him. But the point is I was ready to quit on them because I'm tired of believing. And then I was ready to move on. Let's get a new coach, someone fresh, because this was starting to look like Jamie Dixon with Pitt basketball. Can always be competitive, but never win a damn thing anymore. That's what Tomlin started to look like to me. And Ben Roethlisberger, you know, just started to look like, gee, I don't even know who to compare him to. You know, good player, but can't win anything anymore. But I'm going to give him one more year, both of them. Uh, I believe Tomlin's a very good coach. I believe Jamie Dixon's a very good coach, but it was time for him to go. I believe Tomlin's a very good coach. Depending on what happens this year, it might be time for him to go. But I'm glad he's my coach. I believe in him. I think he's a good coach. <clears throat> and I think Ben Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer who's totally been underrated by the national media his entire career. And I think he's unfairly trashed. And I'll wrap up just by saying this. The local media hates the fans of the Steelers because they we're positive and they don't want us to be. And they love the Penguins. And they suck cock of the Penguins. And they talk about how the Penguins are great because it has a f- good positive fan base there too, but not as big. I'm sorry. It's not the same. I'll put it this way. There's a lot of, there are a lot more dumb Steeler fans than there are dumb hockey fans. So the media knows that. And so then they just trash all of us as one big group. And they put us all down and mock us. And there's a lot of Steeler hate coming from the media. And there's a lot of Ben Roethlisberger hate coming from the national media. And like I said, there's a giant Steelers nation. And they come out of the woodwork and everyone hates that. And they hate all the rah-rah and the black and gold and the terrible towel waving. And I think it's wonderful, man. I think it's one of the best things in my life. And I'd love to pass it on to all my sons. I know one of my sons is a big fan, but even another one is starting to get into it more. And I, I know my ex-wife is a rabid fan, and she wasn't even from the area. But I, me and my family, we turned her into a Steelers maniac. And she lives out in the Philadelphia area now, and she's has a Steelers bar built in her house and puts up all the Steelers paraphernalia and like says, bring it on, fly up Eagles fans. But they don't care because they're NF, that's an NFC area, you know, so they don't even care about the Steelers. They don't hate her. Imagine if she lived in the Cleveland area or if, or if she lived in, I don't know, some other area where we have some rival, true rival, but Baltimore, if she lived in Baltimore. But um, yeah. It's very fun to be a Steelers fan. It's really wonderful to fight back against, you know, the people that hate us. It's wonderful to support a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's wonderful to have a competitive, exciting team every year. I'm excited. The football season's getting ready. There's going to be fans in the stands again. COVID be damned. And I'm very excited. And so I hope that you will watch, if for no other reason than to hope that I lose and I'm wrong. If you hate me, you want to hate on my team, good. Let's watch it. I'm predicting against. Steelers win the AFC North followed by the Bengals and the Ravens and the Browns bring up the rear. Steelers get into the playoffs, and I am not predicting beyond that. I know that Kansas City has a really good quarterback, but I'm not sold they have that good of a team. I think they have a great quarterback, though. I know that Buffalo had a really solid team last year, but I'm not sold that their quarterback, Josh Allen, is going to be quite as good this year as he was last year. Um, I already handled the AFC North teams. I think they're really good in our division. But I think the Steelers are better. I think they have a better roster. I really do. I know everybody says Cleveland has the best roster. There's no question. But they just have a younger roster sometimes. They have some of the higher draft picks. But I really don't think they have a better roster. And I, I, I really think if you, if you look at the wide receiving core, I think that they're overrated. And I think the Steelers have a better wide receiving core. And, um, and now with Najee Harris, 
they still don't have as good a running the running back tandem as Cleveland. But I mean, we, we're in the game. We're in the game in running backs. I think we have better wide receiving core. And I think we have the better quarterback. And we definitely have the better defense. Cleveland's defense was like 18th or 20th last year. Now they they signed some players, but I mean they got a long way to go to really be a good defense. They got a long way to go. So uh, Baltimore's got a good defense. Cincinnati can I think I think Cincinnati's closer to being a good defense than the Browns, to be honest with you. But we'll see what happens. I, I you know at the end of the day, I, are there any other AFC teams beyond uh, our division and Buffalo and Kansas City that I think could put a, pose a real threat to the Steelers this year? I'm not giving I'm not giving New England a chance. I'm not. Uh, that whole division, no. Uh, I'm not giving Denver or 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 uh, the Chargers a shot. No, I'm not giving the Raiders a shot. No. Uh, no, I don't think there are any. Uh, I'm not giving Tennessee much of a shot. No. I mean, they're a talented team. They are. They're an interesting team. But I no. The Steelers, even last year when Tennessee was really on the top of their game, the Steelers beat them head-to-head. They beat them. Nobody remembers that. The Steelers, that was a really good game, and the Steelers beat the Titans. You know, everybody talks about Ryan Tannehill. Everybody talks about Henry and, and you know, his running back. And the Steelers beat him. Steelers beat him. But, hey, whatever. It was all a fluke. It was all a dream. It was all a mirage. It was all in our heads. We're just stupid fans. What do we know? Anyway, I'm looking forward to the season. Hopefully they won't peter out. Hopefully they'll, they won't get serious injury. Hopefully they won't lose like they did last year. Really important players on defense to injury or Ben won't go down again like he did the year before last year. You know, I mean, that's think about it. That's what's happened to the Steelers the last two years. They had some serious, serious injuries. Really knock them out of the great status they would have been at. So hopefully this year, knock on one, they'll be healthy. And I believe that they have enough talent on this roster on both sides of the ball and special teams to really be good. And I'm excited. And I say, if you're a local media person and you're trying to piss all over the parade of the Steeler fans just being excited, go to hell. Get out of town. You can be caustic. You can have uh, opinions as to why they might have problems. You can, fine. But don't, don't, don't shit on us while we're being happy. Look, there's no reason to think that you can't win it all, is my point. Yes, they're a serious Super Bowl contender. Of course they are. They have Ben Roethlisberger and one of the top five defenses, or ten at least, in the NFL coming into the year. How the hell could they win the Super Bowl? Got a Hall of Fame quarterback and a really good defense? And you're telling me they're not a Super Bowl contender? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. You'd have to believe that Ben Roethlisberger fell apart last year and he's finished. But I'm telling you, the next to the last game he played against the Colts, a playoff caliber team, he was great. The three final quarters of the playoff game against the Browns last year, he was great. So don't tell me he's done. Don't tell me he's done. We got a new offensive coordinator, a new game plan. His arm is a year longer past his surgery that he had. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm willing to give him one more year. And if we don't do it, then I think it's time for him to retire. And depending on how bad we don't do it, I might be ready to move on from Tomlin. But I'm not being a fair-weather guy. I'm just saying, maybe Tomlin's time is just, I know we're going to keep him forever. We'll keep him forever. We'll never get rid of him. Never, ever, ever, ever. I know that's the city I live in. But I'm just saying, I love Tomlin. I'm glad he's my coach. But I also might be ready to get rid of him at the end of this year, depending on how the season goes. Just because it's change is good. Change is good, you know? So I'm not afraid of 
10 years of losing after Ben goes either. We got to move on eventually. If he's done, he's done. We'll see this year. I don't think he is. I think he, I believe, and I know that he still has it in to put the team on his back. Will he do it in the playoffs? We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited, and I believe roster-wise and the way it stands right now with no injuries, the Steelers have as good a ch- chance as anybody to win the Super Bowl. As anybody. You know, would I put all my money on that? Would I say it as an odds maker? Would I say they have as good a chance as anybody? No. I'd probably give a better chance to the, you know, the Buccaneers and the, and the, and the Chiefs. You know, uh, but I, and maybe, I'd, maybe I'd give a little bit more of an edge to, to uh, the Buffalo Bills but, and the Green Bay Packers uh, over the Steelers. Maybe those four teams. That would be it. That would be it. You know, I, I really don't believe that you can legitimately say that anyone other than those four teams have an objectively have a better chance than the Steelers to maybe win the Super Bowl. I don't think there's anybody in our division that you should say that about. I don't think you should say about the Baltimore Ravens or the Cleveland Browns that they have a better chance than the Steelers. I think that's ridiculous. The Steelers were 12-4 and four and won the division just last year. Come on. Anyway, God bless you. Thanks for letting me uh, rant on about my favorite sports team and sports in general. I probably won't do another podcast about sports in the near future, but I might. Maybe I'll just turn Chancellor Pink into a Steelers podcast. Who knows? I do think that uh, we need more of a fan's perspective to analysis of the Steelers because I think there's a lot of uh, negative minds in the area of Steelers football, and I think negativities deserve. Believe me, I'm very negative when they start to suck. So when it's deserved, bring it. But I don't believe that starting a new season is the time for negativity. I think they had a good draft. They got a good roster. I have hope. And I believe in this team until I'm proven wrong. Go Steelers. I love you. Yabba da boop